Welcome to the Ryan and Nate's Business Podcast. Come listen to these two blue-collar business guys. Nate, your go-to automotive repairer, and Ryan, your local heating and air contractor, talk about business, how to help you, and hear stories from our local unsung heroes. Community matters to them, and so does a healthy business. Here's Ryan and Nate. Thank you for listening to the Ryan and Nate Business Podcast. I don't even know if the intro is in there. I don't ever listen to any of the episodes. I did listen to the Heavy Seas one, though. That was fun to go back. I appreciate how interesting Huey was because, dude, I was down for the count. Like, I drank a half a bottle of Mucinex before starting that, and I'm like, I could sound how sick I was. I couldn't even taste the beer. I got nervous when you told me about that because I think at some point you leaned over to me and you're like, I haven't eaten anything today and I've (laughs) had this medicine. And then I'm looking at the fact that they're laying out flights on the table. Yeah. I was a team player though. Yeah, you were. I I couldn't tell. So struggling. So struggling. I couldn't tell. I think maybe people heard it in your voice, but other than that, that was awesome. Yeah. Someone asked me the other day if I had listened to an episode and I'm like, why would I listen to an episode? I was there. I was there. (laughs) Yeah. I was there. I witnessed it. Yeah, we have someone else do our editing for us. Shout out to Gabe. Thank you, my son, my actual son, Gabe, who does the editing for us. He did great on all those, except for the heavy seas. We outsourced that one. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't listen to too much of them afterwards because we were there and it's fun. Every time it's fun. Yeah, I enjoyed Huey was really fun. He was an easy person to talk to. Yeah, everything about Huey is great. A couple of weeks, we're going to have his daughter back on. Are we? Yep. How many weeks? Like three, four or yeah. two, three? Yep. Three, four. Three, four weeks. Three or four, we'll have it published. We're recording in a few weeks with her. Oh, that's a nice um, lady. Yep. Cool. That's exciting. I feel like I got to flex on the video because like the camera angle, you know, can't have weak arms. I haven't been looking at the camera angle. The camera angle is new for us. Anyways. Yeah. I can't tell the flex from the picture. Yeah, gun show, happen. no gun show. Gun show, no gun show. So what gun are we show. talking about today, Ryan? <laughs> All right. So... We just finished up with a major client because we only take one client one at a time because the type of consulting we do is very, very hands-on and very intense in your business every single day for six months, right? It's kind of the plan. Sometimes a year if it's really jacked. We're very successful with this client and now we're just doing classes and both of our businesses are taking off. So let's talk about what we're doing in our own businesses because since we've stopped with this client, I have no idea what you're doing in your daily life. Like I used to know every day you ate lunch, I knew- Or I didn't eat lunch. (laughs) Yeah, when somebody was giving you the leftovers, which was a good trick that I learned from you because the ladies in our office would get leftovers and then they would give it to Nate afterwards. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't have to buy food. (laughs) I just have to wait it out another hour and they'll just give me their leftovers. And that might be the best piece of business <laughs> advice that we give on this episode. Is, wait is it out. just wait it out. And yeah. I don't want to call myself a freeloader. It's just like, yeah, people ask, what do you want for lunch? And I'm like, I don't want anything. But then afterwards, it all just ends up at my desk anyway. Yeah. And so it's a beautiful thing. What was your favorite leftovers they brought you? Sushi Q, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't cheap out either. Like we pay them nah. way too much money. <laughs> Like, you want to raise? No, stop DoorDash. And it wasn't like one, it was like a whole roll. Yeah, like how, whole, how, yeah. how did you guys overbuy a whole roll and of sushi? And then you go home and you tell your wife, hey, what did you have for lunch today? Sushi Q. And you're like, yeah. oh, you're getting your dip, 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 dip. <laughs> No, no, here's another trick. Okay, Here's great. another trick. You take home some of the sushi oh, Q Nate, you're such to a your nice wife. Guy. <laughs> no, brother, come on, I'm hungry. <laughs> 
Ah, oh, you're such a better human than I am. It's insane. So I'm not here every day. Yeah, I just dropped off my trailer and truck to you. It looks like a parking lot out there. Yep, yep. So all the timing worked out beautifully. I believe in divine things. Timing is right when it is right. And when we were finishing up with this client, it was the same time my family business just was exploding during their busy time. Things break. Same deal in HVAC. Things mm -hmm. break more when it's hot than when it's cold. And so everything was getting busy at my business. So I decided to go back into my family business to help them do some transition to create better systems within mm -hmm. the company. And change their CRM. Yep. Yep. We had the same archaic When you get another building system. is what I want to know. Yeah. Hopefully within the next year or two is what I'm hoping. Where are you looking? I got my eye on a building close by. On Benson? Yeah. But yeah. that might not work out. I looked at that building, I drove past it on the way to you, and I was like, or actually, I left your shop and drove past it. And mm -hmm. I was like, homeboy needs to buy that building. Yeah. But if you want a pro tip, the parking lot's jacked. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. So make them pay for a parking lot yeah. when you buy it. Yeah. New parking lot. Yeah. Well, asphalt's expensive, man. Yeah. It was my first business, and it's... Not cheap. Yeah. And the price of gas dictates it as well, mm -hmm. diesel fuel, so... But there's other opportunities out there, too, is I've found out since going back to automotive repair... Mm -hmm. popping my head back into the area and industry is that I think there's three or four companies that have gone out of business in the oh, last really? year. So there are other opportunities out there to maybe potentially buy a business that either the building it's already set up, ready to mm -hmm. go, or the business and the building. Automotive industry owners are aging. There's constant complaint mm -hmm. that there's not enough young techs coming in. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these guys have gotten to the place where they just, it's not that the industry is a bad industry to be in. It's just that. Is Jesse still with you? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see him the other day. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing great. He's been doing better than ever since I left. From a leadership standpoint, that's what's been great to come back into the business after a year and see how many pieces of the team stepped up to the plate and they've even started leading you know, more than they were when I was there. And mm -hmm. so for me, coming back in a bit, I've been wanting to work on the business, not necessarily in it. Sure. Because I don't want to get in the way of anything that has been working really well in my absence. I noticed you weren't in a blue collar t-shirt when I was there. No, trying to work on it, not in it. Yeah. And so moving over to a new CRM system has been Huge. a game changer, been pivotal, moving away from an archaic thing to something that is much more streamlined and much more user-friendly for my team and for clients. They're actually going to be able to get texts and you know all that modern stuff, being able to pay over a text, pay over an email, but all that's, you know, it's going away from paper yeah. to digital. So there's a lot. I have so much respect for people in massive companies mm -hmm. that spearhead change like that mm -hmm. because there's so many pieces of the puzzle. Well, Ari Michaels, our air conditioning supplier that we get our small parts from, mm -hmm. like fittings and whatnot, they change CRMs and it's a nightmare. Yep. Like the bill is more than it's supposed to be. They don't know their inventory and they're a national company. Yeah. They're like, we're hoping it's fixed before summer, but like, I just stopped buying from them because I'm like, I'm not checking my bill because your CRM doesn't work properly. Right. You know what I mean? So it's a big deal switching that kind of stuff. My brother-in-law works for BFPE and they're like a hundred million dollar company all over Maryland, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. Why they're called Baltimore Fire Protection in Virginia, I don't know. But it works. Mm -hmm. All paper. Every bit of it paper. The good news is that'll never get outdated. I mean, <laughs> it'll always work. Yeah. But, I mean, every business has, you've probably experienced this, 
already, even though your company's only six years old, five years old? I have no idea. Okay. I don't know how old I am. Okay, that's fine. No one else will. No one can expect, <laughs> I guess. It's relatively young. Yeah. You've probably had to change a few of these systems. And there's a point at which, like, yes, the new flashy thing comes along, say a CRM, mm-hmm. and you're like, yeah, this could add to it. But mm-hmm. the pain of the changing switching. and the cost of switching is not worth it. But at some point, you have to decide the pain of staying yep. is higher than the pain of switching. Yeah, my industry. So I, I want to switch. Between one and five mil total revenue a year. It really doesn't matter which CRM you go with. Just go with a CRM. Because you'd be surprised how many $5 million outfits just do pen and paper. Mm-hmm. And you can do pen and paper with up to five mil. Our tickets are fairly large, so it's not not hard to get there. But once you get past that, then it's like, oh, there's two CRMs you should use. It gets very narrowed down. Not two together. You're saying you pick between two. You pick between two. Okay. And then once you get past like 10 or 15 million, there's really only one CRM out there that will work. Mm-hmm. That second one I was talking about is called Sierra. Sierra is trying to change and update to where they can accommodate a $20 million outfit or something. Mm. But how much does your CRM cost? Per month, it's like five. 500? Yep. Yeah. Our CRM is, I believe it's $800 a month, mm-hmm. which is actually wildly cheap. But then there's all these like extra services you can add, and it just makes the bill higher and higher. They have their own call center, and that's 1000 bucks a month. So they get you with the base, but the ones for like five million or above, those CRMs are one hundred and fifty dollars per technician and like ten thousand dollars down or four thousand dollars down. It's a huge investment. Yep. It's like man, you really want to bite that off. But the reporting is really good. Yeah. Does your CRM do like tech per hour type deal? Like productivity. Yeah, like, productivity. Yep. yep. CRs does too, but you know it's wildly not accurate. Because one guy sells it, another guy does it, you know. Yep. Goes on both their tickets. It's, it's weird. Yeah. yeah. It's still difficult to figure out how many hours. So we pay our guys hourly and then bonus them mm-hmm. on how efficient they are. Mm-hmm. But the data is only as good as what goes in. Mm-hmm. And so the system knows what the job was built at. Mm-hmm. So if the job's supposed to take two hours, then. How do you handle job took six hours when it was supposed to take two? It depends on <laughs> whose fault it was. Right. <laughs> yeah. First look into whose fault it was, okay? Yeah. That's step one. Yep. And what I mean by that is like sometimes it's there's something unforeseen that you didn't know. And that's how much effort are you putting in your technicians, a new one? You're paying them 30, 35, 40, whatever you pay them an hour. Mm -hmm. And then it takes him way longer to do the part than said, do you just cut them right away? No, our personalities are probably different in that. Mm -hmm. I try to investigate. I figure out what's going on. Do you think I'd cut the guy right away? (laughs) I hope not. Why not? Well, maybe it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it depends. Let's talk about that. It really depends on how well you know the person. Yeah, you hire a guy off the internet. He shows up to your door. So what's different between our businesses as well is that you have more guys that you're hiring green off the... I've had the most success just hiring guys when he's green Mm -hmm. and then just teaching him my way and then it's done. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier. Yeah. So you have a lot of history with them. So by the time they're getting paid a lot, mm-hmm. then you already know if their numbers are off. That's why you want to lean Honestly, into it. Honestly, most find of my more. younger guys, if they ask them for more money, I'd say yes. Yeah. You know, because I think they're all killing it. But you're talking about that guy that 
has experience, you hired him off of Indeed, mm-hmm. he comes in and he's not performing the way maybe he interviewed. And he interviewed him. or your yeah, expectation yeah. of what? Yeah, I have way less experience with that because I have a lot of my techs like started from the beginning. You had like a the guy was like five foot ten, probably like 230 pounds, a little bit muscular. He was in the bay closest to the office. Kind of looked like John Cena and... Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like John Cena and Randy Orton had a baby. Sorry to use WWE references. I don't even know. I've heard those names. I have no idea who they are. 2009, but. Why is this not ringing a bell? Was it me? (laughs) Dog, you don't look like John Cena or Randy Orton from 2009. I don't know. He was wearing glasses. He was doing like a tire when I was there. I don't know. I've gone through some guys, but investing in the younger guys, it's risky. Yeah, that's a whole other. It's risky, but it's also not risky, right? You're paying them less per hour, and if it doesn't work out, usually it's a mutual thing. Like when they're young, they're like, hey, this isn't for me. It's easy conversation. The harder one is the guy who comes to you supposedly being experienced, and then he's not performing. So you got to lean in and get some more info, but then then you got to let them go if it's not happening. So we hire our young guys at 17 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. Green, you don't know anything. So it's thirty five thousand a year, and it takes him one year to. It takes him six months of just being with somebody, right? So seventeen fifty, seventeen thousand five hundred. That's kind of what you're spending. And then the next part of it for us, what we found to be a really good thing, is duck cleanings because honestly. You can teach a guy how to do duck cleanings in two days. I mean, it's take the register off and put the vacuum down the duck work. It's really easy. But we take those younger guys and we have them do that simple task in someone's home, but they get to learn how to run a job. I need bags. You know, I need drop gloss. I need booties. You know, I need a sponge eraser if I mark up the wall. You know, I need extra screws in case the new screw doesn't go back perfectly. So then they go through that duck cleaning process, and then we send them to maintenance school, and then they're ready to be a maintenance tech that next summer. And just that's all they do is run maintenance all summer. And then the next summer after that, half maintenance, half easy service calls. Water leaking, my unit's 20 years old and not working, more than likely you need a new one. Boom, send the young guy, done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What about your shoulder season? Do you invest in training then? Yeah, we have training sessions almost every day. You haven't heard my radio ad. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't because I don't listen to the radio. All right, fine. <laughs> Get it. No, we do a lot of training. We have two systems back here that we can break and yada, yada. Yeah. The thing is, is, I mean, I've spent so many hours on so many guys. I'd be lying to say I'm a little tired of mm. teaching. I don't mind teaching more advanced stuff, but the real basic stuff, like how an air conditioner works in the refrigeration cycle, and this is how an electric switch works, you know, power mm-hmm. on, power off. Do you have better luck with guys coming out of the trade school then that are still green, but they got a yeah. little education behind them, so you don't have to start them from zero? Yeah. We hired one guy from a school, young guy, and the problem is you walk into that classroom, you got like some 30-year-old men in there. You can't tell a 30-year-old man he's making 17 bucks an hour. The problem is is that they think they're going to the school, and then they're ready to be an HVAC tech, and they're not, right? So I just got really lucky. I went into trade school. I gave my speech, and then I had a kid follow me out the classroom and said, hey, I'd really love to work for you. And I said, I'll be at my office for the next hour, and then I'm going home. I watched. He came. And he came. He He came. took an Uber, got over here, and I'm like, look at the character of this kid. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, I'm 19, I'm in my last semester of school, I live by myself, I work two jobs to support myself, and I've paid for my own schooling out of pocket. Could you get a better candidate than that? Yeah. 
So I think I'm really lucky with him. And he's doing great. He fits in the culture well. Everyone loves him. I have two other teenagers that I hired at 18, and now they're 19 or 20, and that worked out really well. So I'm 3-0 with the teenager guys. I've definitely striked out many, many times hiring a guy off Indeed. and Yeah. You know. So... Man, the Indeed route is so it's tempting, expensive. right? Because well, I need a guy just to go out you there. You need a guy. You need a guy fast. You need a guy experienced because, like, usually it's because you need him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, man, I don't have time to like train him. It's a much longer game. It's almost like two different. You got to do a little bit of both, right? Yeah. It's two totally different ways to go about it. And if I had to give advice on the situation to someone who's like, oh, I don't know how to hire good people, you know, like when we did one of the community events, the guy's like, I can't find any good people. Yeah. I believe his company is not that big. It's just him and maybe two other guys. You can't hire a helper and pay him $35,000 a year, 40000 a year just to be a helper when you're at that level. You have to store some nuts away. You have to prepare for it, right? And if you're prepping for something like that at that level, and I'm speaking two different situations here. Situation A is I legitimately cannot find a fourth guy who actually knows what he's doing. And then situation B would be, oh, I can find that guy and I have to wait it out until that time comes where I have five guys and, you know, now I have five guys, the overhead's getting paid. Now I can add a helper, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you start doing four or $5 million in revenue a year, a helper is not that big of a deal, at least in my industry, right? Your industry may be a little bit different. A helper might actually get a car done quicker, right? Oh yeah. It depends on how you imply them, but yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For me, a helper 100% makes the job take longer, right? Because you gotta sit there, you gotta explain it, you gotta have him do the paperwork when you already know how to do the paperwork. Like, it well, we still gotta do all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So situation A is like, then save your money until you can afford to hire a teenager, and then hire a teenager. Like, I'm sorry, but the fate of our businesses are in teenagers, and not all. Oh, no one wants to work. Not nah, dog. No one wants to work for you. Okay. Hmm. Wait, are you pointing at me? No. no. <laughs> I think you and I have created great environments, and I think we've created great opportunities to be at, right? Mm. There's a lot of incentives to work at New Life. There's a lot of incentives to work at Beltway. So because we're different, legitimately, not 100% satisfaction guarantee, we're the best, you know? Yeah. Like, we actually have some flavor in our soup, our sauce. So it's a good opportunity. So that kid that is not a shithead actually wants to come work for us. Yeah. And you'll find him. Yeah. See, the other piece of that puzzle that comes to mind, too, with bringing those young guys in, one, I don't want to give anyone the impression that we experiment on clients' house HVAC (laughs) or their cars by just throwing totally green people at them. You got to have a couple decent seasoned techs that also, it might sound like you have to find a unicorn, but they also have to have an attitude of a teacher. Yep. And that's not easy to come by. That can be very hard to come by. So you have to kind of prep your whole team like, hey, we are a place to create opportunities for those younger techs to come in. Yep. And we're going to watch them. We're going to oversee them. And we're going to make them as good or better than we are. Yep. Which is a real heart of a teacher. Whereas if you created a culture where guys, like a lot of businesses where guys are like, there's a lot of infighting, like we got to fight for the work and it's, Mm -hmm. you know, straight commission, everything. If you're paying your guy in such a way where like he can't feed himself without selling every single job in such a way, like he's not going to want to take any extra time with a young tech. Right. You got to incentivize it and you have to create a culture that says, hey, we are teaching the next generation because we're not going to be here in five or 10 years if we don't have younger guys coming in. 
Yep. And both of our industries are hard on people's bodies. So mm -hmm. I didn't know that for me, that's one of the reasons why we really like having younger techs paired with older techs because you get the best of both worlds. You get that older tech who has a heart of a teacher. He's teaching complex things to that young tech. The young tech's able to do some of the grunt work to save the back of that older tech. Yep. That older tech would maybe love to continue working on cars, but in his head, it's like, I don't want to get underneath that dashboard again. Right. I don't want to pick up those heavy tires again. It's killing my back. But if you can get and that the young guys, got to make sure they're doing knee pads and gloves. Yeah, and learn some lessons. Yeah. The guy who taught me the trade, I will really appreciate how he always took the extra mile to grab a piece of cardboard. You know, it's better to kneel on cardboard than it is to kneel on wood. Yep. You know, just the little things. You know, he'd carry his tool bag and a little mat, you know, and that's what he kneeled on. Or yep. we had to get upside down on something. He laid a cloth down, and we laid upside yep. down on cloth. Like, he always went the extra mile. Yep. No, yeah, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. For sure. It's that simple. Yeah. Your body will last. It will be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you don't take care of it, it's not. And with my trade, it's on the eating side, too, you know. Yep. You got to be really careful about Oh, you didn't deserve a cheeseburger because you climbed up in an attic this morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm victim of that. Yeah. Also, working out. Yeah. You got to do some stuff. Just because you have a physical job, some people are like, oh, well, then I don't actually have to watch what I eat or work out because I'm already burning all these calories doing this job. There's a lot of overweight, unhealthy, older technicians in all kinds of blue-collar fields. Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, well, I can't move. <laughs> that's, that's not true. Well, you're 100 pounds overweight. That's yeah. why you can't move. You yep. know what I mean? It's yes. not you're old and your body's giving out on you. You've given up on your body, brother. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm preaching now, dude. Stop me. <laughs> yeah, we've covered all kinds of stuff <laughs> on this. Um, I didn't know where this was going to go when we started to record today, but I feel like we need to probably, I do want to hear a little bit about where you're at. I'm sitting across from you. Well, with your company. Okay. Yeah. Where's HVAC this summer? Because you got really busy too. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're getting busy. Everything's going a lot of different directions. We're doing the radio ads, so I got a lot riding on the radio ads. Hoping my rocket takes off soon, which I have faith in it, but it's always scary. You know, they call it the white knuckling period. Yep. You know, so I have a lot of install crews ready for them, and I've really prepped myself to the absolute max. Right now, I got my hands involved in a couple ideas. You know I'm an ideas guy. Mm -hmm. We're looking at opening an office in Severin, Columbia, and Elkett City. I have like a physical location there. By having a physical location there, We'll ping on maps locally and a couple other spots. For my trade, they have what's called Google Local Service Ads, which is different from a Google My Business page. When you search HVAC near me, you have three companies pop up, and it's the company name, the reviews, and their phone number. That's the only three things that pop up. And we have a great reputation. And I was actually really proud of my team because I was doing like, okay, well, if we only had to pick one of these cities to be in, which one would it be? And I'm like doing like market research, looking at other companies. I'm like, these companies have been around for way longer, but like they did not hone on the reviews like we have, you know? So I'm really proud of my team because my team's the one that goes out and gets them. Yeah. It makes an old company look smaller mm -hmm. when they have like four reviews. Yeah. But then a younger company that's yeah. actually smaller has 150 reviews. There's a company I was looking at, they're 40 years old and they have like 325, which is respectable, but it's 4.2 rating, which is not good. Mm -hmm. At least in my space, that's great for a restaurant. Yeah. Right? But I'm like, I have 700 on the one. I look way bigger than they do, you know, but they are way bigger than I am. And they've been around for 40 years. Yeah. So one of my ideas, 
too, was, well, instead of getting an office location in Columbia, this company is in Columbia. I was like, they just got bought. I've interviewed like five of their employees. So there's trouble in paradise over there. Yeah. They're reputation's 4.3. I knew it used to be higher. So I'm thinking about writing them a letter and saying, hey, I knew you just got bought. You want to get bought again? 10% more? Isn't the best real estate deal when you buy a house and sell it for $30,000 more? Right? Give me a call. Blah, blah, blah. What I love about you is you have no idea what that number is. Yeah. You're just fishing. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get myself in trouble one of these days. They already have a building, right? Right. So it's like, I can spend $1,500 a month on a rental, some BS rental place in Columbia, or I can spend X dollars a month and have a whole freaking company, dude. That's your own. And a building, yep. Yep. right? Yeah. What's better? One costs you money, one makes you money. Just depends on that dollar <laughs> amount. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, Columbia is a really cheap place to buy real estate. <laughs> <laughs> I have that going on, just looking at different Google locations, because that's why people call us the most is because of our reputation. So opening that up. And then my next move would be to try to reach out and help the community a lot. But we did social media really, really well for like three weeks. And then we stopped. And here's why. It took so much energy from me. Yeah. I had an employee making the content, and I think he did a stellar job making the content. But I would have to look over every piece of content. I would have to come up with what the content is. And even though we had a guideline, it was like, the question is heat pump maintenance. And then the answer is every six months, right? Like, we had that all laid out. He made all of that. But still, like, the angle of the picture, the caption of the video, what am I supposed to say? Who's going to be in this video? What do we need to capture to capture this message today? It was daunting. So what I would like to do is, I literally thought about this yesterday. This is a half-baked idea. Sometimes they're the best. Yeah. Open these locations in Columbia, Severn, Ellicott City. I'm already in Hanover. I'm already in Arbutus. I don't know what this address is. 21227, baby. Oh, yeah, hon. <laughs> Raven. <laughs> I want to go to the community events, find out who's most passionate about the community, and say, hey, I want you to email my I'd like my wife to spearhead this. And say, I want you to email my wife. Does she know this yet? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> you might just send her the podcast at us. <laughs> I you email my wife and tell us how Beltway can help the community. And then that's the post is, hey, I have a guy in mind, actually I invited him to be on the podcast, that really loves the Arbutus community. And he can email Rebecca and say, hey, it would be really nice if we can get Sulphur Spring Road cleaned up. There's a lot of trash there. I'm thinking $10,000 for each city per year. And then saying, okay, well, we can send two helpers for four hours to go clean up Sulphur Spring Road. And then that's just going to come out of the $10,000 budget, right? Like we paid them, let's round number 500 bucks to do that for four hours. And then now we have $9,500 to help Arbutus and do that in each city and go to the community event, find who is most passionate about the community and say, yo, we're going to give you 10 grand to just help out however we can. Maybe it's cleaning up our road. Maybe it's painting the street curb. Maybe there's a trail that used to be there that got washed over. No one's taking care of it. Maybe there's a single mom in need. Maybe a kid needs something, you know, some toys for Christmas, whatever it is. Have them come up with the ideas. They can email my wife and my wife can email me and say, hey, one day in the future, we need software spring road cleaned up. And then that way, 
our social media becomes Beltway's helping the community. I get to actually help the community, and I don't have to come up with the ideas. I think it's a win, 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 win. Lots of wins. There's lots of wins there because I think there's a lot of value in the brand belonging to the community. Yeah, I love it. So That'll go a long way for team culture too. Mm-hmm. It lets your team know like, like everyone expected when they came on board at Beltway that they'd be working on HVAC, but mm-hmm. they didn't expect that they were going to be helping the community. You know another thing I do for the new guys? What's that? I let the men's bathroom get really, 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 really dirty, and then I tell them you got to clean it. Mm-hmm. I just want to see the look on his face when I ask him to clean it. It's one thing I do. You also contribute to making it dirty, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walk in there with my dirty shoes. Honestly, dude, I use the ladies' bathroom 90% of the time. <laughs> Good. It's it, gross in there, dude. <laughs> technician bathroom? Yeah, especially mm-hmm. in a company that has probably 70% of your employees are male techs, so the male yeah. bathroom gets used harder. It's just, you know, if the guy's in there and, you know, the guy in there and he says, Good, no problem. Or he goes in there and he's huffing and puffing, or he does a crappy job. You know what I mean? It's just a character test for me. That's good. I'll only really ask you to do it once. They don't know that in their head. But it's like, I just want to see how good of a job you do when I ask you to do something that's not in your scope of work, and how good of a job you do when it's not an easy or cookie cutter or nice job to do. Hmm. It's just, you know, you got to do it. Do you give them like a toothbrush? No, and that's the thing too. It's like, how many questions are you going to ask me? Hmm. You know? As a technician, it's like, here's a call. Go figure it out. Yeah. You know, so are you going to start opening? You know, if I ask you to clean the bathroom, obviously the first thing you're doing is looking for cleaning supplies, right? Where are you going to go look for those cleaning supply? Where are you looking if you're in this office? I mean, this office, it could be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Most offices, probably a closet. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Uh, the closet in our kitchen has all the cleaning supplies. It's got mops. It's got everything. Yeah. I've had one guy. He just took a bunch of paper towels out of the dispenser and started wiping the floor with soap from the sink. I was like, whatever. He's being resourceful. You know what I mean? (laughs) Making it work. Right? There's always a lesson to be had when you clean the bathroom. And it's not to be, like, pretentious or to do, like, a power trip play or anything. It's Mm -hmm. I want to see how resourceful and I want to see how great your attitude is because I know there's so many kids dying to have this opportunity. Like the kid I hired that put himself through school and is like a hardworking young man. Imagine if I hired someone who didn't appreciate the opportunity and he didn't have a job. Yep. Right? So It's good. What do you think about my idea, though, about helping the community? Do you have any input on that? I think it's a great idea. Like I said, it's a half-baked. I think far too many companies think about budgeting help. A lot of companies have the – community softball team that comes and asks for a donation right. or the school that says we're doing an auction. Can you donate You know something for the auction? Schools are always easy too because you pay for that sign once and they never take it down. Yeah, because no one's climbing back up in that gym to pull it yeah. down. Yeah. You know? yeah. A lot of those things come in. They're all good. They can be good. But you're passive in that situation. Mm-hmm. You're just saying yes when it comes or no. But you're passively being asked for it. But to proactively say, I'm going to put a piece of a budget aside and we're going to concentrate this year to do this in this zip code, I think it's a phenomenal idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of those things you do it because it's right. Yes, I do believe it'll actually turn into dollars on the bottom line mm-hmm. in ridiculous amount of ways. Like mm-hmm. that community person that you talk to is passionate about the community. Well, even if they don't ever give you an idea to actually execute, they still go, Beltway heating and air conditioning 
actually care about this place. So if someone needs an AC worked on, they're going to recommend you. Right. You know, like that'll happen. But then, like we talked about, it helps your team. It tells the team that, hey, our culture is about more than just making money doing this task that we're good at. Mm -hmm. It's about leaving everything better than we found it, including this community that we're part mm. of. So I think it's a great... Did you hear my radio ad about the better than we found the guarantee? I didn't hear any of your radio ads. I have not. All right. After to this me, podcast. you're just a normal guy that puts his pants on one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> you're not Mr. Commercial. I'll have to listen to it. I love that you just said that. I'll have to listen to it. Better but, than we found a guarantee. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I just gave something to you. It's good. You did. You did. Yeah. Uh, that's a good ad. If I can get that going. I'm always looking for ideas for an ad. I don't write them, right? but I usually give the idea for it. Right. Not usually. I've given two ideas. <laughs> <laughs> they shoot it down? No, the two ideas they took and ran with. Okay, great. Um, but I don't always have ideas. It's a collaborative experience. About the better than we found a guarantee. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just obsessed over the radio thing because it just costs so much money and I have so much writing on it. Yeah. That it's making me a little nervous. So it's kind of on the forefront of my head. Sorry yeah. if I'm sounding like uh, I'm more important than anyone else. Because I am, but it's just... <laughs> Every leader can identify with the fact that you take a risk and you're not sure if it's going to pay off when you take it. And there's a lot of cost incurred along the way. There's a faith piece in that. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a faith piece in saying that, hey, if I put a smaller amount of money towards and have my team do the service project, there's faith that says, yeah, this will actually help the bottom line. It's good. It's good. I'll pull this up. Genesis twenty one twenty two. God is with you in everything that you do. Yeah. You know, and I think that's good business advice. It is phenomenal. If you're chasing after God, you have to trust. And this was literally just told to me yesterday by a mutual friend of ours. But if you're chasing after God, God is with you in everything that you do. So if the radio ads work out, if they don't work out, God's with you with everything that you do. That's trust good. your intuition. Trust your alone time with God. Have that alone time with God. And, yeah, that intuition, your gut, listen to it. Yeah. And that leadership that's in private like that mm -hmm. is way more important mm -hmm. to your team. Your team might never know that you went into a room by yourself and prayed mm -hmm. and, like, asked for guidance. Right. But they feel the benefit of it every day. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I think they feel the benefit of us belonging to a community. I think they feel the benefit of us learning from Sunday service and things like that. Yeah. A lot of my meetings, I just repeat what I learned the day before. It's allowed. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's my business, motherfucker. I'll do what I want. <laughs> and I'll just cultivate this in a secular context. How is this going to help somebody? You know what I mean? Yep. And I'm not up there preaching, but it's like the one was you're living someone else's dream. You know, so get up there. Hey, guys. You know, I heard something recently that really stuck with me, and it's you're living someone else's dream. So, like, when you're up in an attic, you're living someone else's dream. Believe that or not, because you're working, you know. But who remembers working until 1 o'clock in the morning on a hot day? That doesn't happen here, right? That guy out there, that company you used to work for, he's still there. You're living someone else's dream. Like, always be cognizant of, you know, and I just do those types of things. Yeah, it's good. Um, and it's not me preaching to him. It's just trying to build, like, a culture rally of some sort. So, So what are we doing now? wrap this thing up high five we are we're done we are done as far as consulting goes we're taking a little bit of a break working on our own companies but we're also doing we're doing classes we're doing classes yeah and um classes are so much easier i love doing the classes they're fun yeah yeah because you just get to make people laugh for an hour but then they walk away and they're like damn i learned something yeah yeah you know yeah so we'll keep doing that doing the podcast we'll be here so we got a couple good guests coming up that i'm excited about 
and we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, awesome. Yeah.